Hello, dear friends, and thank you for joining me again at the finest seat at the very best table for Out to Lunch. This is where I take brilliant people to the hottest restaurants in town, and we have a proper old chinwag. My guest today is a Mercury-nominated English rapper and hip-hop artist with the albums Yesterday's Gone, Not Waving But Drowning, and the newly released Hugo to his name. And a good lunch is not a small matter for him because he's very much into his food, both eating and cooking it, so much so that one of his tracks is called Ottolenghi, plus he runs a summer cookery school called Chili Con Carna for kids with ADHD, a subject very close to his own heart. It's the wonderful Ben Coyolana, a.k.a. Loyal Carna. I had no idea that you could eat food and write about it when I was at school. To be fair, neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> I fell into this. I think it's never a plan. Fair. Never That's a fair. plan. Then I won't be as angry with you as I was. Before Were you? Going. Were you livid? Yeah, it just felt like it was unfair, if I'm honest, because I took my job. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the really interesting things about Ben Coyle Lana, who performs under the name Loyal Kana, it's a spoonerism, is that he really loves his food. It's a subject we'll get into in the interview. He has his own cookery school uh, and he makes his own pasta, which made me think, right, I've got to bring him somewhere Italian. So I have come to Cicchetti. It's part of the San Carlo group. If that sounds familiar, it's because I took dear old Rob Bryden to another one of their restaurants not far away. But today we are here at Cicchetti by Harrods for a bunch of Italian small plates. And I think he's going to like it very much. Ben! I'm so sorry I'm late. No worries. I no went worries. to the wrong one. Piccadilly. And I was really proud of myself because I was early. Were you? Yeah, and then I had to get on the tube. But I love the tube, so it wasn't a problem. Marvellous. This is nice. Isn't it? I'll take a seat. Have a seat. Yeah, I've got a fresh pair of socks in my pocket, so I'll <laughs> Don't feel the need to put them on Were for you me. Just always got, I was going to. Were you? You've just always got to be prepared. And this is Florian, who will be serving us today. Amazing. Lucky us. This place is lovely. Sparkling. Sparkling, please. Welcome. Oh, what a joy. Thank you for being here. Let's say a quick opening question. Yes. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about cooking. Uh -huh. I don't think the two of us could get together around the table <laughs> without discussing that. Clearly, cooking is an interest. How are you at the washing up? Terrible. Are you really? If there's music on and people aren't nagging at me, then I can do it. But if, as soon as I'm told to do it, yeah, I kind of don't want to do it. Also, I feel like I usually cook, so in my house it was always told, you know, the chef doesn't. So if you've cooked, yeah. everybody else washes yeah, up. Yeah, but then in a professional kitchen, when I've helped out friends when times when I've had jobs in kitchens, that was really shattered for me because, you know, you cook all day and all night, and then at the very end, when everyone goes home, you then have to clean it up. So. You have to do the clean down. Yeah, which was a nice humbling for me. Well, you'll see what I'm going to do here. Well, today, you don't have to do any cleaning or cooking. Yes. <laughs> Fists are raised in the air in victory. It's a dream come true. Do you like Italian? Italian's my favourite. I wanted to, just before I met my girlfriend, um, I was planning to go to Italy to learn to make pasta properly. That was my dream. Um, it's still a dream of mine, but it's something that's been pushed, pushed back. But yeah, so I love it. Well, what I was suggesting is you get sort of three or four small plates to start, a couple of plates of pasta to share in the middle. Amazing. I could suggest some things. Please. Tuna tartare. I will try that. I've never tried that. And what about gambarini fritti? Prawns? Yes, of course, of course, yep. A carpaccio of beef? Yeah, why not? I'll try that. Burrata? Yeah, sure. And then the pasta's in the middle. What do you like? Is it just, is it beef meatballs with no pork or is there pork? There's usually pork in the meat. None. Um, yeah, then I'll go for the, the, um, the second to the top. I don't know how to pronounce the Strozza. Strozza Preti. Strozza Preti. Yes, please. 
And I'll go for the spaghettini with prawns, mussels, garlic, chili, and tomato. That was my second choice. So well, look, we can put them both in the middle. We can both try. I would love that. And they have to be zucchini fritti courgette chips. Yes, please. Are you drinking or are you not drinking? Um, do you have um, a crudino? Yeah, I'd love to get a crudino. You ever had one of those? No. It's like, uh, imagine like an Aperol spritz, but alcohol-free. Oh, so it's like one of those. A little bit of orange juice in the bottom and then topped up with that. Brilliant. Yeah, special. Where did, where did you start drinking? I this? had it at, um, there's a restaurant in, in Hackney called Lardo, and I, there's a really lovely guy there, an Irish guy, who doesn't drink as well. And I was saying, it sucks, I want to have something that's a little bit bitter while I'm eating, and he recommended that. At the point where we're at, you are just about to release your third album. Yeah. Hugo is out. Yes. Well, by the time this drops, it may just have happened. Yeah, yeah, 21st of October. Right. I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's locked. Yes, finished. Is it a good feeling or is it potential? Is it? Yeah, my, my mother had always taught me to create and move on. And it's been quite a long time since I'd finished it before it's coming out. Y you know, your taste is evolving and growing and you're hearing new music and seeing other pieces of art and watching films and all these new ideas come. So pretty much as soon as it gets locked, it's very easy to then want to change it and chip away. So I think it's essential to bookmark that and go, okay, well, that's finished. I can't do anything else to that. And all these new ideas need to be expressed into something new. Wow, beautiful glass, thank you. See, I don't know this drink at all. Yeah, Probably because I'm, you know, giving yeah. booze <laughs> when the opportunity runs my way. Thank you very much for that. Your first album, Yesterday's Gone, was sort of a reflection on being a young man growing up with issues, yep. with your stepdad dying and all of mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. Your second album, Seem to be a lot more optimistic. I for say sure. Happy, but optimistic. For sure, for sure. And now you're a man in his late 20s. Yeah, 27. You're, you're living with your partner, mm -hmm. you've got a child. Yes. Where has it taken you this time? Um, I guess outwards. A lot of people were asking me if, if the music I was making was becoming more and more censored because I was worried about my son hearing it. And I, I guess kind of almost the opposite happened. I, was, I felt a lot more of a duty to be even more myself, you know, and to tell the complete 360 truth, you know, to find the beauty and the ugly, instead of just finding the beauty and the nice, you know, the, the nice moments. And this music, this album is is my first attempt at kind of seeing what what the rest of the world is like and, and how I sit within that and not just what's going on inside my head. Can I ask a side question? Video for Hate. Yeah. Where was that shot? Please tell me you're on an airfield. Top somewhere. Gear. Top, it was top the Top Gear track. Okay. Yeah. Which it had it's to be. Terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, we were on the A25. No, we, yeah, we, uh, we, we, um, yeah, we were looking for places to do, and it's it's just out. It's like about an hour out of London. If anybody hasn't seen it, and do look it up because obviously all these things are available. It's you in a car with multiple versions of yourself until the car is completely filled. Yeah, with me. By yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite a brutal name for a song. Yeah. Yeah. But is it about that or is it about the things you actually love? Yeah, I think the idea of the song is just that hate is rooted in um, in fear, you know? And so hate is something that's, you know, thrown around so flippantly. It's like, oh, I hate this. Or, I hate the way that she does that or I hate, you know? I think when you really boil it down, a lot of the things that people, have, you know, really hate, like people who are ignorant, racist, etc., is because they have never been ex exposed to a level of understanding of this thing. So that's kind of what I find, you know, that I, I've always said, oh, I hate drugs or, you know, I, I, you say I hate religion and all these things just because I've never been able to understand them. And so therefore I've just been quite fearful of the negative effects they could have on me. 
and haven't opened myself up to the positive effects or the love or etc. So have you really got into drugs now? No, no. <laughs> I tell you what, I, like I still I still don't do drugs, but yeah. um, I've been reading. Um, a lot of Michael Pollan's books recently. All right, so microdosing with psilocybin as yeah. a ringtone of anti-depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So I'm 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 heavy interested in it, for more on a neurodiversity thing, you know, because a lot of this stuff was kind of fundamentally for psychotherapy, and then slipped into recreation. And 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 I'm interested in yeah, for for kids that you know look to me and are you know looking for alternatives to. The ADHD medicine. I know you were diagnosed as ADHD at yep. seven and dyslexia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same time. Yeah. I just yeah. I wonder. I'm not saying I'm not an advocate for microdosing because I haven't done it, but I'm. I'm interested. interested in the power of. Yeah, something. So you've never been medicalized for. I did when I was younger. Well, ADHD we on Ritalin or? Yeah, uh, it's called Equisin. And concerto to two different ones at different concerto's times. Concerto's a hell of a name for a, yeah, concerto, for a yeah. drug, isn't it? It's evil. I mean, that, that really, yeah. I, I, I've heard you refer to that one before, and I yeah. haven't looked it up, but you just want to get into the pharmacy marketing yeah, media, yeah. you bastards. Yeah, there you go. Are you going to make it sound like something by Bach? Yeah, something cool. Food's arriving. Wow. Is that the tuna? Yes. Oh, that's yes. incredible. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, leave it very near Enjoy me. It. Right. We're in charge of our own destiny here, so... Lemon squeeze over the top. You go for it. Yes, sir. Your yeah. biological father, or your birth father, whatever term you want to yeah, use... Yeah, 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 yeah. Guyanese. Yes. And you've talked about going there. Yeah, yeah. Have you done that? Yeah, I did, I did. I actually went with him. We shot a music video recently. I asked my father if he wanted to come, and we've only recently reconnected. Me growing up without my father's connection to my father, I didn't have much connection to my black lineage, I guess, and... I found it kind of difficult to understand where I was from, which then in turn makes you struggle to understand where you're going. And so for my son, I, I wanted him to see the black side of his family and positively. Over the course of lockdown, we, we spent a lot of time together. He was teaching me to drive. It was a really That's beautiful... That's the way to bond, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 did yeah. You, did you shout at each other? Did massively, you... <laughs> massively. Well, it's such a beautiful place, you're traveling, because you're both moving forward, you're not looking at each other. I guess yeah. Over the course of those over those lessons, I um, I was able to exercise some demons, express you know my dissatisfaction, but also he was able to tell his side of the story. I, I um, yeah. if you know, I live in Brixton, and had a very interesting conversation with Leanne Le Havis mm -hmm. about the idea that people who don't know those corners of South London mm -hmm. assume it's all one melting pot and mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. rubs along fine, whereas in fact it can be really complicated. Was that always a, a, an issue with you? Did you become aware of it? Yeah, well, I guess I kind of, you know, I was raised by my mother. You know, my immediate family was white. When I was younger, you know, I wasn't raised to not see colour, but, you know, it's, you know, if you're raised by wolves, then you're a wolf, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of, I had this real kind of complexity because in my home I was not white, but I like all of the, the cultural references, food, ideals that I grew up with were not aligned with the way that I was being treated at school, in public, on the street, at parties, you know? So I kind of almost was living a double life. But yeah, be, being mixed race is, is, is such a complex thing and it's been actually been quite a joy on this album to unpack it because I never have kind of felt brave enough to talk on it before. Well, you went, sort of went there with one line, my, uh, my great-grandfather could have owned oh, my, my other one. Well, how complex is that? <laughs> and actually kind of borderline tree. I've got a family in America because, you know, the diaspora from Guyana, is so widespread, um, but New York is one of the first places they go. And so I have family that are so deeply connected and so close to America that 
Do you know that it's it's only a matter of time before something comes out if I do it ancestry or whatever? All coming. So which is this bit? This is the Gambarini Fritti. Hell yes. And that's rather beautiful. That's a deep wow. fried tempura prawns and it's served in a kind of copper coupe glass. Thank you so much. Oh, that's, that looks incredible. How's your day going? <laughs> Ten times better now. This is a side issue. Didn't you book to go to Italy specifically to go to Massimo Bettura's restaurant yeah. and then not be able to get in? Yes, I did, I did. So we went to Contrast. I don't know if you've been to Contrast. I, well, I haven't been to any of uh, Bettura's restaurants, got to be honest. It was recommended to me by, actually by Heston Blumenthal, which is a crazy name drop. But that's, Yeah, you did it very nicely though. Yeah, 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 thank you. But he, it was recommended by him because I said, hey, I'm going to this place, I don't know if I'm going to get in. He was like, this place is better. I oh, really? You should go here. I still want to meet Massimo Bettura. Wow, that prawn is incredible. It is, isn't it? At what point did you start rhyming? Did you start, did lines start coming into your head? Writing rhymes. I think probably it's down to my teachers, if I'm honest, because it was one of the few things at school where I would always get praise in poetry. So I guess I, you know, I was just addicted to the praise, honestly. And I had a love for words. I loved films, plays, poetry, music, like kind of just anything that books, even though I wasn't you know, very good at reading. I just always loved people's use of words, how they would bend them, how they would paint pictures because it helped me escape my reality, I suppose. And which reality was that you were trying to get away from? Mm. You know, getting out of not fitting in, you know? In one of your videos yesterday, it's, there's a small kid who is clearly, we are allowed to assume, a version of you, yeah. sitting on the end of his bed, yeah. writing things down. Uh -huh. Was that a reasonable representation of what was going on? Were you always scribbling? Were you always writing? Were you always yeah, I think so. coming up with the lines and the rhythms? I think so, yeah. I just, I, I loved it. I guess with ADHD, you're so, it's so rare that um, I could say something and think it through because I'm really, you know, spontaneous. Let's talk about that just for anybody yeah. who's listening. ADHD, attention deficit. deficit hyperactivity disorder. Essentially the synapse, you can't see because it's a podcast, but the synapse is in a, in a neurodiverse, particularly ADHD brain, just a little bit further apart, right? And the synapse is, um, we use gaps. So it's when you, have, when you have a thought, one thought should travel from one, cross this little gap, go to the next one, and then that's you kind of action the thought. But in ADHD, the brain, these synapses, the gaps is just a little bit bigger. So when you have this one thought, it splits to four, eight, 12, 16, before you get a chance to um, action it. So it can be a lot to, to remain focused, but it's also a superpower in that way because it can lead you to problem solve quicker or you know, get to a creative idea or a mathematical equation, etc. cetera, quicker. Um, but you kind of have to know how to harness it and use it. Do you ever worry that as you get older, your, I don't want to say symptoms, but your, your neurodiversity will change in a way that will hinder your ability to see or write about the world in the way you do? You know, if it happens that way, you just gotta go with the flow. Hopefully another door will open if music door gets closed or, you know, writing in general. I think the ADHD is quite a beautiful thing though, because a lot of the parents at the school ask me if it's something that kids grow out of, is my kid gonna grow out of it? And it's more really, I always say, that it's that you grow into it. That when you're young, it's like a massive coat that you're borrowing from your dad. And as you get older, your, your sleeves start to fit, it starts to fit nicely around your waist. Because just because you understand it, you know, and you're able to build your own mechanisms that aren't fueled by the support of, you know, medicine, drugs. Yeah. That's a beautiful image. <laughs> <laughs> How's the tuna tata? Wow. It's good, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, and it's slightly different this one to some I've had before because it's, you know, they properly dressed it. 
Wow, that's really, what's in there, like little shallots? I think so. I mean, I've done that thing, and I don't know whether this will just drive you nuts. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm copying, pasting, looking yeah, yeah. at lyrics. Although yeah, your yeah, lyrics have been that's brilliant. published as yeah, words a, for poetry, yes, they? yes, yes. So yes, that's yes. not the weirdest thing to do. You, you grow up listening to a lot of, I'm assuming, a lot of American rap and hip hop and stuff. Half and half, like half American, half British. And a lot of it, to the uneducated ear, which is me, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm basically an old jazz head, Yeah, can seem to have a lot to do with aspiration. Mm -hmm. It kind of can be quite aggressive. It can mm -hmm. be very externalized. And yours is very domestic. It's about the internal world and the, the internal monologue. Mm -hmm. And that you didn't seem required to copy. The aspirations, etc. they were being covered. Yeah, so. you, you said in one interview, I, I don't need a lion on a chain or girls shaking things no. to feel no. that I've got there. I, I grew up, you know, watching gangster movies and stuff, and one of the, the, the time and time again things that pops up in those is like, if you have money, don't tell people that you have money because then you'll lose all your money. But it's something that kind of skipped hip-hop, you know, that there's this thing of like, I didn't have much, I want everyone to know I have a lot. And I think that that's why it kind of seeps into the, into the lyrics because people start with nothing and everyone loves them because they're able to say, I have nothing and I want it all. Although Look you, at do, me. you do say that, I think it's in hate, isn't it? Yeah, 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 I do, I do. Well, I've, yeah. Literally say, yeah. what I've got is practically obscene. Yeah, 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 true, I do, which is also not true. But, but that's kind of the beauty, <laughs> but I think that's, that's kind of the beauty of it is like leaning, I'm trying to lean more into the, into the humanity. That's kind of for my son, you know? you know? As you start to make some money, you realise that money has no influence really on your mental well-being. It can, it can help you uh, forget for the day or, you know, it can distract you from it, but it cannot undo, uh, you know, trauma or pain that you feel. And that's when you need to be focusing on yourself. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. We must get into the whole food thing. But it's clearly more than just a side show for you. <laughs> a side dish. Where did that come from? I, I grew up vegetarian. I was a fan of it, but I wasn't a fan of it. And I wanted to know what bacon tastes like back when I used to eat pork. Yeah, bacon's, bacon's <laughs> served so many people, man. Bacon and chicken. And so in my grandmother's house, I think my grandfather knew about it, but he didn't let on it at first. But I would go into the kitchen. When I was very young, maybe still at primary school, yeah. I would go into the kitchen when no one was around and sneak down a pan, take out, you know, like the salad chicken, like the little piece of cooked chicken yeah, that's yeah. already in the fridge. That was like my first experience of any meat. So I'd just, you know, put some oil in the pan. If there was some garlic, I'd throw that in as well. Just kind of doing what I'd see my granddad do. And then, yeah, cook this cooked chicken, <laughs> cook this cooked chicken, um, and then wash everything up and put it all away and eat it like over the sink. And then add like nothing. Well, I hope happened. nobody, nobody yeah, noticed. Yeah, I hope nobody noticed, but obviously there would be no chicken left in the fridge. You know, my granddad got into a habit of picking me up from school, making me a bacon sandwich before my mum got home, and then we tidied it away. And that was our little secret. And then one day my mum came home early, and she was sat in the living room with me. My granddad came in with the bacon sandwich. But he just gave it Busted. to me. Yeah, but he gave, he still gave it. Kind of, at that moment, he could have turned around and gone, oh, I'll just enjoy this and sit on the sofa. 
But yeah, he gave the game away and was in a lot of trouble, as was I. And that was kind of where it stopped for a bit. But I was just hooked, you know, I was like, it was just control. Because I didn't eat meat at home, I was just able to, if I wanted to eat meat, I had to make it myself. Um, a very important question. What's the secret to a perfect bacon sandwich? Like brown sauce. Are you there? Yeah. What about the bread? It has to be, it kind of has to be rubbish bread. It has yeah, to be, it yeah, has yeah. to be white packet yeah, bread. Yeah, 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 it? it has to be nasty bread. Um, not toasted, just soft, bacon's crispy. Right, I'm going to move some plates around because the sure. pastas are arriving. We can keep the carpaccio, you can just yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've, got a, we've got a big table here, so everything yeah, we've got, can... I've got a big belly as well. <laughs> wow. So we have uh, meatballs well. with sort of a slightly gnarly pasta on one side and a seafood spaghetti. Is there one in there? It's yours, it's yours, oh, it's, it's, yours, it's There's yours. one more. We're not letting the crispy prawns go. We saved the prawn. Yeah, we saved the prawn. And then a seafood spaghetti with garlic and chili. It's incredible. Was it um, when you were just basically having to make money that you started working in kitchens professionally? No, my first one was over lockdown. I was working with my friend Elliot um, at La Gomme. I don't know if you, maybe you've been there. Eat La Gomme. It was at, um, oh. yeah, 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 St. John's. Yeah, yeah, you get, actually, I think you maybe, maybe you oh, gave, no, him, a, you, you gave uh, him a shining uh, review. Yeah, I yeah. gave him a shining review, so he was, it was the Hackney Church Brew Company. Yep. Underneath the arches. Yeah. There's a rather, the review is rather <laughs> self-pitying in that I basically described this middle-aged man <laughs> stomping his way through crowds of young people. Yep. On route, and then sitting in a gravel yard out the back. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, he's not there anymore, but he's he's is at the Spurs store. I think the Spurs store arms around the corner. Yeah, he he said that you know if I went to, came to work for him to help him out over lockdown, I said I'll do it for free now, and then you know when you get the chance, instead of paying me a wage, put the money into the cooking school. So he like kind of was inadvertently funding the cooking school through through my services. Right, we should get into that chili con carne. The stage name being a spoonerism of your. Call Lana. Yep. Keep up with this, people. <laughs> because you're also <laughs> dyslexic and would muck it up anyway. Mm -hmm. And then Chili Con Carne is a... How long has that been running now? Seven years, maybe. The cooking school, yeah. So it's a school for kids with ADHD between the ages of 14 to 16. And it runs over the summer. And when it started, it was just me and my friend Mikey who's you know, one of my closest friends. He has a, like a social enterprise called Goma, where he, he helps loads of different, like an initiative that helps loads of different initiatives. Um, and I said, what I'd love to do is have a cooking school. So we just set about oh, yeah. doing it. He was 17 and I was 19 or he was 18. Kids. Yeah, 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 kids teaching kids. Have you been there this summer? I wasn't meant to be there. This was the first summer we were gonna trial run it um, with a few friends of mine um, where they were gonna run it and me and Mikey would kind of just be head teachers, almost. But when it was on, you just can't help but go. We saw some photos on Instagram, it's like, ah, oh, the kids look amazing. And we went down for the first day just to see what they were like, and then they're like, you coming back tomorrow? And they were wide-eyed and inspiring and want to chat, and they're opening your mind, and so in the end, you just, yeah, I was there all week. See, I have this thing, I've said it in a number of pieces I've written, that I think one of the brilliant things about cooking is that in a chaotic world, it brings control and order. Yeah. Even if you make a mess. Yeah. But you take ingredients and you bend them to your will. Yeah. Is that what you get out of it? That's a beautiful way of looking at it. Yeah, it, for me, I think it's meditation, honestly. You know, ADHD, it, you know, you're being distracted by everything all the time. And I think that's why I thought it would work for the kids. 
you're being distracted by things that sank on fire over here, you've got to close the oven there, you've got to finish, um, finish these or turn them over before they burn. But all these things are feeding back into the same process. So you're getting distracted, but you're not removing yourself from the task. So it becomes very mindful. Um, and it's, yeah, really one of the few places that I get to relax in my home. But it's also led you into that world. You know, yeah. you name-dropped Heston <laughs> just before. Didn't he get in touch with you after yeah. seeing... Did he see you on Saturday Kitchen? We were or? in the same article in The Guardian. Oh, right, and, okay. Um, yeah, I spent some time, I played a lot of ping-pong. I went to the, the international um, uh, ping-pong finals in Ali Paddy with him and played a lot of ping-pong. He's very good at ping-pong. Is he very good at yeah. ping-pong? I mean, uh, the, actually, the fact is with Heston, who I've known for a while, when he decides to do something... He gets very good at it, or he doesn't go on with it at all. Yeah, yeah right. But yeah, like Ottolenghi I met. Yeah, that, um, that's, so, that's my homie now, yeah. So the, his name is on one of your tunes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's a reference to you sitting on a train. You're reading Jerusalem, yeah? yeah. Which is a great cookbook. Yep. And some kids say, why are you reading the Bible? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're basically they're, they're saying something like something, isn't it? Like, all right, look at this Jewish guy or whatever, like something. There was already something you're Jewish already. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just it was like a whole multiple hate crimes kind of in one in one sentence. So I, I, I titled it that, and we kind of sent it to him just to be like, yo, by the way, don't freak out. We've made the song. We've used your name. Hope that's okay. And he was like, <laughs> let me get in the video. Let me. So he's in the video. And then you did a cookery video where carrots with harissa and honey. Do you still make those? Yeah, I still make those. And the Brussels sprouts with the black black garlic. Yeah, he's a special guy. Really complicated recipes, though, you know? It's not like... Actually, his other book, Simple and Flavour... Simple was a very clever idea because he yeah. it was kind of him recognising what everybody said about Yotamoto Lengi's recipes, yeah. which were, yeah. all you need are 47 ingredients, yeah. 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 Uh, some of which you can't pronounce, let alone... You know, yeah, you just buy. have to yeah. get on a flight and yeah. you can pick these up and be back by this evening. Do you think food could really have been an alternative career for you? Yeah. Well, do you know what? I could have been a food writer. You know? Who knows? I, I, I guess... It was something that was never put to me. I had no idea that you could eat food and write about it when I was at school. To be fair, neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> I fell into this. I think, yeah. Never a plan. Fair. Never That's a fair. plan. Then I won't be as angry with you as I was before. Were you? Were you livid? Yeah, it just felt like it was unfair, if I'm honest, because you took my job. <laughs> yeah, but if Although it's I help, there are thousands of people who feel True. that way, and you yeah. know, I get quite resentful emails from quite a lot of people. I don't know if I could be a critic, though, because I don't know if I could say anything mean. Don't could. things make you cross sometimes, though? You go to eat something and you're paying money for it. Mm -hmm. And it's rubbish. Yeah. None of this is rubbish. I'm looking at Florida. <laughs> <laughs> People must be so scared when you come in, though. I'm terrifying. Not if they're, not if they're good. No, you're not, you're, not, you're not really terrifying, but you just... People maybe, like, before you speak, you're terrifying. Well, then, actually, obviously, you were nominated for the Mercury in 2017. Mm -hmm. This year, you've been a judge. Yeah. This is one of those time shift things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we're speaking, we're at the shortlist stage, mm -hmm. and it will have been announced right, by yes, the time yes, yes. comes out. Oh, yeah, of course. You say you don't think you could be critical, yeah. but you're handed how many albums to listen to and have to that was jo the... join in and say, yeah, that makes a grade, that doesn't. Sure, but that's the reason why I said yes, because you know, I don't want to be a judge on it. Like, you know, I'm very appreciative to the Mercury's for asking me and for nominating me, you know, years ago, but... I find the whole idea of giving awards and whatever kind of a strange thing, right? But the Mercury is, out of all of them is one that I feel is the most genuine. And Why is that? You know, because it's, it's artist-led. There's artists on the judging panel, uh, you know, writers, music writers, etc. So I wanted to be in the room to make sure that 
the music is understood for what is in, it's intended to be. You're sitting in front of a plate as if you've actually stopped. I have. I, yeah, right. I probably have. I should be good. Do you do sugar? Yes, I do these days. I was very good with sugar. Because of ADHD, I try not to have it because it sends me crazy. But um, thank you. Oh, man. Oh, we can have a look. Oh, definitely. We can. More than a look. Nut free. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we get a panna cotta and a tiramisu then? Thank you very much. When you're lyric writing, when it's put to you was sort of recognised as poetry, when Benjamin Zephaniah got involved with you, was that a, a surprise or was that you feeling that's exactly the right, that's the kind of recognition it deserves? It was a surprise. Was it? I used to look up to him because he was on uh, the wall at my primary school as a dyslexic you know, writer and someone who was black. You know, he was like a, a superhero to me. Um, but it was a nice justification of what I'd been saying in interviews, you know, that I wanted other rappers, you know, like uh, dr drill rappers, like Diggity, Central C, whoever else, to be seen as in the same ilk as poet laureates. All of these things are a reflection and an expression of the times. And so your involvement with Kay Tempest as well, who has been seen in that way, mm -hmm. it's important, isn't it? Massively, just just to I guess to blur the lines is the beauty, you know, between myself and yourself, you know, between myself, yourself, and Malcolm X, you know, that like if you write a political speech like the ballot and the bullet, that's a poem. It's a rallying war cry for you're telling a whole uh, you know uh, forgotten group of people in in America, African Americans, either you're gonna vote or you're gonna vote with bullets. It's like you can either check it off with your pen or you can check it off with a gun. But that like the imagery, the delivery the structure of this political speech is a poem. And then if you look at that like that, then can you not look at a, a song by Digger D as a political speech? And then when you start to do that, you get to finally unwrap all of the bullshit of the genre or the control of who says what and who can be heard by who and allow these words to just be what they were, you know? So that's my, pa like my passion, I guess. But there's, other, there's many other forms of writing. Yeah. And are you looking at any of those? Yeah, I would love to release, well, I'd love to release this album as a poetry book, but properly, not as a piece of merch. But yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to write a story or a play. Just, it's a commitment. It is, but the, the writing you do now is a commitment. Your, your, your lyrics are long. I, I, compared compared yeah. to a three minute pop song. Yeah. The lyrics of Hate, for example, are huge. It's dense, yeah. But it, you know, it, it, it's something that is, I don't have to work for it. When you say you don't have to work for it, you find it easy? I don't find it easy to get, it's like having, it's like having a lion in a, in a cave, you know? It's like you want to get this guy out, but you don't know what food it likes, and you know, you leave these treats at the mouth of the cave, and then you go, cool, it's definitely going to come out today. I'll wait, and the beat plays, and you wait, and you wait, and nothing happens. And, and then one day you don't leave any food out, or you, you know, leave a packet of crisps by accident, and it turns out they're their favourite crisps. It's like, I can't um, figure out how to get it out of me. You know, and that means that years can go by and I don't write a single thing. I can try, but I just can't do it. And then I'll be or driving or on my bike, usually moving, and I'll hear something and then I just Are you happier when you're writing? Can't stop. Yeah, just so nice. You know, I'm happiest when I just get to say it out loud, not like to the microphone or in front of anyone else, but just like that justification within myself of like, you know, this is exactly how I feel. Oh, is this dessert? Yeah, yeah. It's great, isn't it? There's mirrors behind us, so <laughs> Ben can see them coming through. Wow. Oh, oh, look at that. 
If only you could see. They are rather beautiful. We've got two, we're both in coupe glasses. That's incredible. Thank you so much. We can't put that on our plate. We could start on one and go into the other. I mean, I'm following your lead on this. I draw the line at sharing a spoon. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's basically like snogging. Uh, yeah, you know, see where the night takes us. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you're going to the tiramisu, I'm going into the panna cotta. You see, you moved in the end. I did. On uh, drowning, not waving. Um, <laughs> waving, not drowning. Same thing. Can I do it again? No, you've got to keep it in. That's, that's, that's the <laughs> you beauty You see, that's one of your crazy, though, isn't that, it? Huh? You've got to keep it real. Take the, take the one that's, un, un, that's not too polished. That's the, that's the beauty of it. I, you know, coming from someone dyslexic, that's the whole idea, is it's, it's backwards. On waving, not drowning, yep. your mum's piece, Poem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear Ben, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is gorgeous. Does she feature on this new album? No, not in performance. Um, her presence is there because she's a big presence in my life. I'm going to make a generalisation. I've interviewed Stormzy, uh -huh. Tiny, yep. Zoo, mm -hmm. you. Yep. Your mothers are all really important. Wow. All of you. That's a big thing in hip-hop. I think you need to have someone in your corner. And for a lot of people, you know, forgot without a father or you grow up in, you know, difficult area or difficult schooling, usually it's your mum, you know, that you have this... Yeah, it's like a like father-daughter thing, mother-son thing. It's just something that you understand each other. That's cool. I didn't I, I did know that about them, but it's nice to know that they spoke about it freely. As we go into dessert, have you and Zoo talked about your love of food? Because obviously, yeah. when I talked to him, and you can hear it on a previous out to lunch, and and food is his his way through. Mm -hmm. Do you think you both understand each other a little more through the interest in food? Yeah, he's he's taught me loads about food actually. He's from Sierra Leone, right? Or his mother is from mm. Sierra Leone. Um, so he taught me about the differences, the nuanced differences with jollof rice when it comes from there. Yeah, like a few times it spoke briefly and we talked about music and whatever, but really it was when we got to food, we were really able to truly connect. Yeah, we share interest in music, but there's all this unsaid, weird, oh, you know, if we do something, then it's got to be on this and it's going to, hopefully it does this well. And, you know, whereas with food, if we link up to make food, all we're going to do is eat it. You know? Well, I think on that note, I'm going to say as we tuck into our desserts, our tiramisu and our panna cotta, hang on, I'm going to have to take a run up. I'm not even allowed to, to re repeat this. I've got to get it right the first time. One take. Yeah. Ben Corlana, thank you very much for letting me take you out to lunch. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much to Ben. Glad you didn't need to change your socks. His new album, Hugo, is out now, and you can learn more about the ADHD cooking school at chiliconcarna.com. If you love the show, do please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please do share this with everyone, your relatives, your friends, people you don't like. Uh, also, do comment and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you can. It all helps us to keep making more of these. Out to Lunch is a Something Else and Jay Rayner production. The music was written arranged and performed by me, Jay Rayner, and Robert Rickenberg. The recording engineer was Paul Brogdon, and the mix engineer was Josh Gibbs. Assistant producers are Anya Das and Bethany Hocken. Selena Reem is the producer, and the executive producer is Ollie Wilson. Next time, it's singer-songwriter Corin Bailey-Ray. It was Stevie Wonder, it was Herbie Hancock, it was Dave Grohl, who I love. I think it was Emmylou Harris, like the Jonas Brothers. Oh, Jack White was doing it as well. So it was just all these people like on a minibus going to the, <laughs> going to the White House and me. So that was just really like a fun school trip, you know.